Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan and with me as always are my boys, Moss and Evan. How are we doing today, fellas? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Evan? Doing fantastic, fellas. Warmer, you know? a little warmer in uh, Colorado than it is in uh, Alaska. Oh, I'll tell you, man. I uh, got back from a nice vacation and I am full Texas Tech football mode now, boys. Uh, all bore all the time. I've been meaning to ask you, Evan, did you have to cuddle up with anybody in Alaska when out there in the freezing cold? No, buddy. And uh, even if I would have had to, I probably would have abstained, you know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> all right. I mean, it was my dad and my, <laughs> my best buddy and his dad, so I, my options weren't really that great for well, a nice cuddle-up partner. <laughs> you can't cuddle up with your with your dad there? I, would, I might have tried to find a nice grizzly bear to stay warm. You, remember where you came from, son. <laughs> Your dad's plums. All right. Let's hop. Let's hop into this, huh? We're uh, you know, episode two of the new season. Uh, talk, obviously, about Texas Tech football team. You know, what the key to the seasons are. And a little bit of a Big 12 preview. Uh, oh, Mossman rocking some Unreal Tech gear tonight. Tech tennis hat. You don't see that every day, folks. Circuit. And, you know. 2006. Let's get this episode started, and uh, why don't you say we crack a cold one? Let's do it. I'm in, boys. Hell yeah, brother. Ooh, nothing better than a good cold Coors Light. But, boys, I think we lead it off with a little bit big picture, big 12 news. Uh, talk about what the season's going to look like for everybody. Not too in detail, but who you think's overrated, who you think's underrated, and uh, who's going to be the toughest teams to beat for Tech this year. Mossman. What are you thinking? Overrated teams, huh? Uh, I mm-hmm. think Baylor. I think Baylor is a little overrated this year. Uh, they had a down year last year, considering you know the scandal, coaching changes, etc. And every every site that I've been looking up has them projected with eight wins. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I think they're probably still in that six and six uh, projection in my books. Another overrated team, I think, is going to be Texas. Now, yep, that's what I was waiting for right it, there. It, it, if Mr. Sammy Ellinger can, you know, grow grow a pair and actually put together a full game, maybe maybe they change my mind because him at the helms of this, he seems like he's been on the team now for what, like a decade? Like literally, I mean, <laughs> ever since Texas has sucked, he's been at the helms and they've always been changing around quarterbacks and he's had some glimpses of, you know, promise in a few of his games. But he really, like when they played Texas – uh, two years ago, I'm not going to count last year because that game was just ridiculous and awful oh, in so many ways. Um, but two years ago with uh, Nick Shimanek, who led us to a win, by the way, Texas had that game locked up. They're on a final drive. All they had to do was get a first down. Ellinger throws a stupid pick that we run back for like 50 yards. I mean, thankfully he did that. But I just, I mean, I don't really see him as a total, uh, you know, a total QB just yet. Um, and I think he's overhyped. I think their program's overhyped. I think that yeah. I think that the media just wants someone else, non Oklahoma, to be competing for you know not only a Big Twelve championship but also competing for a national championship. Yeah, if they to got too big there. of a brand, you know. Yeah, to jump in there, you know, I think they're gonna be good. Don't get me wrong, but I agree that I think they're the most overrated team in the Big Twelve because. People are talking about them in the national championship. They're yeah. talking about them making the college football playoffs. Yeah. Like that, I, I agree. Sam Ellinger, 
I don't think he's bringing anybody to the college football playoffs. No, that's why I think they're overrated. They might get nine wins, but yeah, I'll be the I'll be the next to agree with you guys. I think that they are overrated. Um, as much as I want the University of Oklahoma to be overrated, I don't think they are. I think they'll be the real deal again this year. We're going to have our hands full on the twenty eighth of September. Um, we're going to have to put together a full game um, and and to give ourselves a shot. You know, with Jalen Hurts going to that program, I think that you know they're poised for another another good year, uh, another. Uh, top of the nation year. I, I hope that we can we can dethrone that. Um, as, as far as underrated goes, man, um, I think Iowa State is going to be really damn tough this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking, you know, third or fourth in the Big 12. I'm talking that they could be legitimate Big 12 title contenders this year. Um, they have a complete squad. They have um, a really potent offense. Their defense is strong. You know, they, they, they've been tough for us the past few years. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. Um, and we're fortunate to draw them at home, but uh, that's another game that uh, we're going to have to put together a near perfect game to win that game. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You know, I would say definitely lost some vital parts of their team last year with, you know, Montgomery going to the NFL, uh, Butler. Team Butler going to the NFL, but their quarterback, that kid that transferred from, I think it was USC, Brock Purdy. Nasty. He uh-huh. is good. Yeah, he's I think really he's good. the real deal. I think he could be one. He could be the best quarterback in the Big Twelve this year. <clears throat> um, I could. He won't because a man <laughs> named Bowman is behind center for the Red Raiders. But he could be, I guess, the second best quarterback in the Big Twelve this year. Uh, he last year when I was shocked, I didn't expect him to be anything. And you know, this transfer kid didn't get starting minutes, and all of a sudden he's fucking lighting teams up. Uh, so I am. I would say I agree. Iowa State is maybe the team I think could go the furthest surprise people from the Big Twelve. Yeah, and that game last year when Tech uh, lost, that was kind of the backbreaker for us. That's when uh, Bowman took that. Oh, I forgot in- intentional grounding penalty in the end zone, I believe. And uh, I think we were tied at that point, or at least we had a shot to win it. Um, yeah, that w- that was not good. But he, sh- but Brock Purdy showed that he was the the real deal in that one. Um, if we're looking at the power rankings, we got uh, you know Kansas coming up last. Uh, don't know too much about them. Um, you know, less I think they're just gonna be you know another Kansas team, man. They they're got gonna... less miles, you know. Right, they got a little bit better last year. Remember that, boys. They got a little bit better last year. They went from god awful to suck, but they got better. <laughs> And then you got Kansas State at number nine, which is interesting because usually they're a middle of the pack team, if not you know above average. But with Bill Snyder not you know being the coach there anymore, with a regime regime change with James Gilbert um, at the, you know at the helm at the running back position, um, I don't really see them doing anything too impressive. And then West Virginia, you know, I don't know they're they're going to have a huge down year. Um, and then no, we. Ma- Keep going. Moss, let me jump back to Kansas State. I have that game down as a trap game for us. Yeah, I think that we really got to have our heads on straight. Two reasons. Number one, um, it's towards the end of November. We historically, at least in the past six years, have not played well in November at all. Um, we, we don't play well towards the end of the season, um, especially if, if we're kind of fighting for bowl position. Um, so, you know, Kansas State's going to come into the Jones and they're going to be looking for a win. And I think that we got to be be really squared away. And West Virginia, just because they lose Dana doesn't mean that they're not going to be a team that's ready to compete. You know, and we got to go to Morgantown to play that game. And that is a really tough place to play. It doesn't matter how good they are. Morgantown is a tough 
place to play. One of the toughest in the Big 12, if you ask me. Have you been there? I've uh, been there once, yeah. How was it? How were the fans? Um, the fans are rowdy, man. And I'll tell you, one of my best friends, uh, his name's Daniel Franklin. He was a linebacker at OU uh, for four years under Stoops. Um, and he he would always say, I would always ask him, Daniel, where's the, where's the worst place that you ever played? And without a doubt, no hesitation, Morgantown. Really? I mean, the fans just get after the opposing team. Um, and it's just a rowdy place to play. Um, and and it's, it's a tough place to play. So I think that we're going to have to be on our games, those two games. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to steer us away from the conversation, but I'm curious, boys. What do you have this year as our uh, pivotal must wins, if you will, or kind of season defining games? I'll say one that I think actually happens pretty damn early is uh, our last out of conference game, and that's at Arizona. Yeah, totally that's what I was going to say Ari- as well. Yeah, I mean Arizona. They're an okay team. They're not great, but they have Khalil Tate at quarterback. He's electric. And their coach did say, because last year he kind of restricted what he could do, and Khalil Tate couldn't really get going. They said they're going to let him run more this year. So he's extremely dangerous. Anytime he has the ball in his hand, which is every fucking play, he could run, he could throw, he could score on you. So I think that game is going to make a huge difference, because if we win that at, in Arizona, and then let's assume we win the first two. Now we're 3-0 and heading into our conference play. That's the momentum that they would need to make this a good season. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you, Ryan. I mean, our first two teams that we're going to play, I'm not overlooking. We're not going to really, it's not going to really show the full uh, potential of this Texas Tech team. And then we head to Arizona, and that's really going to test our defense and see what this new coaching change has put together, um, and if we're going to see something new, any kind of new look on defense, um, especially you know with no success on defense in the last few years under the cliff Kingsbury. And I think if we get a win there, um, I think that's going to really brighten up everyone's spirits, not only like on the team itself and put more faith in Matt Wells, but the community as a whole. And we'll see, you know, maybe sold out games at home moving forward. Cause if we're, if we're two and one and then we go play Oklahoma versus three and O and play Oklahoma and then have Oklahoma state at home, it's saying, saying we lose to Oklahoma, right? You know, the Jones is going to be packed. I think everyone have, would have, you know, higher expectations with the team instead of everyone overlooking football season and trying to get back-to-back uh, basketball season. Uh, the fans are going to show up because we actually had a we had a decline in number of ticket sale or season ticket holders this year, um, which is not great. We have, I think it was around 32,000 season ticket sales for the year. So that's half, you know, a little less than half of our stadium. So... If we can get the fans to show up, get a little bit more excitement in the community, I think that I think that win at Arizona is going to be really big for all of that. So, yeah, I, I agree with both of you, gentlemen. I had Arizona as a uh, as a pivotal game. The others I had really and truly are at the Jones. We have a fortunate home schedule this year. You know, we we don't have to play Oklahoma or, or Texas. Those are both tough games. Um, but is that fortunate though? I think that's unfortunate. Well. well the reason why I say that is because – let me backtrack. It's not fortunate that we don't get to play them at home. I'm saying that our home uh, our home schedule is fortunate in the fact that every it's game more is, winnable. Win- is more winnable. Um, you know, we we, ha- we already talked about Iowa State coming to the Jones. That's going to be a really tough game. But, you know, we have Oklahoma State, who, who's not as good in, in years past. We have TCU, who I, who I really think we can take care of business of, and we have Kansas State. 
in, in addition to, to what we've already talked about. So um, I'm really hoping that at home we lock down and protect the Jones. Uh, I think that that's going to be the key to our season. You know, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. Historically, in the past six years, we've just been okay at home, and we've been bad at home in the Big 12. We have got to lock down the Jones this year. We have to. With the, with the that, schedule that we have, we have got to protect home field. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But and another thing that I think, you know, talking about those games, you said the one, the you know, Oklahoma away, but then the big Oklahoma State at home. I think that, those kind of make it even more important for us to go 3-0 and start. Because mm-hmm, once we yeah. hit game four, we have a really, really tough start to the Big 12. We sure I mean, we got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Baylor and Iowa State. Like, that could ruin your yeah, season right there if you can't get season. one win out of that. Mm-hmm. You need at least one, if not two, out of that stretch. Because then, you know, you got four ones that are very winnable. You got Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, Kansas State. And obviously ending the game with the massive Thanksgiving game weekend at uh, Texas. But that early schedule, that first half Big 12 schedule for us, is brutal. So they have to have momentum going into it. No, I totally agree with you, Ryan. And I think, again, I think if we go 3-0... and that home game that we have against Oklahoma State is could be pivotal to the entire season. So I would say that Arizona is kind of like if the season could be split two ways with that game if we didn't have all the hype heading into Oklahoma State. Because if they win that game at home against Oklahoma State, we could potentially be 5-0. and <coughs> But realistically, we would be 4-1 and unless we pull up a massive upset against Oklahoma. And 4-1 and going into that stretch, we're not only looking at being just in a bowl game. So the, we, we would be looking at being atop of the Big 12 and having, you know, hype around the community again saying, oh, Texas Tech football is competing for, a, you know, a Big 12 uh, championship again in a different sport in football this time and would bring more belief to Matt Wells and his regime and everything. So I think uh, I think we kind of wrapped that up, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for mean, sure. Pivotal as pivotal can be. But uh, let's let's talk early season schedule, huh? Let's talk about this first game. Montana State. We're starting off the season with an FCS game, which, you know, is great for Matt Wells and the team to, you know, get kind of the first game jitters out of the way. It's at home. Uh, hopefully can beat up on them. But a little bit about Montana State. They're actually, you know, for an FCS team, they're towards the top. I think they finished the top 25 of the FCS last year. They're in the big sky, which – people like to say is the sec of the of the fcs uh and they're they're really no they're not bad for an fcs team they um think they're projected to be in the top 15 this year uh and on top of all that uh you know they can score some points but i will say the only time the texas tech has ever played them was 1938 and they won 35 nothing so hopefully we can do that as well (laughs) wow look at that ryan who's the quarterback back then for tech uh guy capello guy capello was uh, (laughs) oh boy (laughs) Guy, guy was no playing. Clue. Man, that guy no clue who stays the same age throughout the entire his life. <laughs> but uh, yeah. let, let's talk about what we think like is important about that game and what we need to see to have confidence going forward. Yeah, Ryan, I uh, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be wearing my tech gear, screaming my head off. I'm excited to go usher in the the Matt Wells era. So I'll be in the stadium yelling. I think that this game more than anything is just about bringing confidence confidence to our players. Um, you know, it, it's it's a you know, I don't, of course, wouldn't ever dare jinx our team, but this is a easily winnable game. Um, I think that it just needs to get our momentum heading in the right direction, and it just needs to get our guys' confidence. We need to see Alan Bowman go out there 
and have a great three quarters, you know, and bring in a backup. Um, we need to see Tajon Henry go out there and gain confidence building off of last year. Love to see Vasher get a lot of reps, see some, see some new, some new blood coming in. Um, and we'll, I kind of want to hit on, uh, some of that a little bit later as far as kind of impact players. But as far as this game, man, it, it should be a confidence booster. Um, you know, any game in football can be anyone's game. You know, obviously I want to have us play well, but uh, I'm excited to see our guys go out there and get some real reps and get some game time. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see the new look. Uh, I really want to see Matt Wells coaching on the sideline. I want to see Bowman back at QB. I want to see us running an offense. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it looks, really. I want to see how the defense looks. I want to see how our running game looks. Uh, it's going to, you know, I'm just excited for uh, Texas Tech football to be back. So this is going to be uh, the best way to start September. You know, I'm excited to see what the new walkout song is going to be after that, you know, higher ground song now that Kingsbury's gone. I think that was his baby child. So I'm pumped to see what the new uh, the new Texas Tech anthem is going to be before we run out on the field. If you like had to that. guess, if you had to guess, what would it be? If it's not Old Town Road, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little disappointed. <laughs> I, I can mean, see that. Lil Nas X is a supporter of Texas Tech athletics, so... Maybe. Hey man, I'm not I'm not superstitious. In the words of Michael Scott, I'm a little stitious. So, <laughs> you know, it did wonders for our basketball program. So maybe our football program could take a note out of that and get a little Nas X bumping before we run out on the field. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I will say one other thing I'm excited for for the game uh, is on the defensive side. How is this defense going to look? Wells keeps saying he wants to be able to stop the run this year. Because, you know, last year, obviously, we got slashed apart. So, you know, we got stopped the run at all costs. We got stopped the run. And turns out the running back for Montana State was an FCS All-American. Last year, they only ran the ball. Their quarterback was a converted linebacker. And all they did was run. They run, run, run. Wait, they, excuse last year me, they Ryan. Ran, what did yeah. you say on that last one about the QB? Uh, their, their QB last year used to play linebacker, converted to quarterback, and was third-team all-conference. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I heard you correctly. Go, on go, that one. go ahead. <laughs> this year they got a real quarterback, uh, like this six six freshman. Uh, but less than that, I'm excited about seeing the the run defense because this team ran for three thousand yards and thirty seven touchdowns last year, which is outrageous. So they're going to be running the ball, and Mel Well says that's the key to defense. So let's see if this Raider power fucking defense can actually hold up. Yeah, but I mean, every coach that has come into Texas Tech says either stop the run or stop explosive plays on third down. Yeah, well, I'll say that. It's obviously true, but like, we just haven't seen a team that can stop a run in years. So I'm not I'm gonna, sure. I'm not going to believe if they do stop the run in this game that things have changed in Lubbock that uh, they can't yeah. stop the run. So, but if, they, but if they can't against this team, Chris, that is the key. That, that is true. That is true. If they can't, we're in trouble. Yeah, sure. And I, I'm excited to see how we're, how we're going to do against the deep ball, defending the deep ball, too. We talked last last episode about some of the key players that we've lost, either due to injury or, or suspension or what have you. You know, we, we're kind of weak on that side. Not weak. That's the wrong word. We're kind of thin just based on experience, you know. We got some talent. It's just we don't have some real in-game talent um, to backfill those positions just yet. So um, I'm going to be really curious to see how we defend the deep ball. Well, well, speaking of positions, why don't we hop into what you were talking a little bit earlier and talk about some impact players. What players and what side of the ball are going to be the keys to Tech's success this year? 
I mean, let's let's start offense first. I mean, everyone knows the captain, the leader of this team is is Alan Bowman. I mean, I am so excited at the potential of him staying healthy, knock on every piece of wood you can find right now. Um, you know, if if he like we've said, if he stays healthy last year, we're a totally different team at the end of the year record wise. We all know that. I mean, I don't think many people would disagree. But he coming he's coming in with some actual experience. Um, and I think that he is poised for another good year. And let me tell you, it pisses me off, boys, that most people, uh, experts, don't really have him in the top. Even some of the rankings I've seen is top 20 quarterbacks uh, in college football. That's just a joke to me. I mean, we saw what he did before he got hurt. Um, and he's going to be the real deal. And I'm ready for him to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, moving on to running backs, you know, to John Henry. Uh, one of my favorite players last year. Um, I think that he's poised for another fantastic year. I hope that he can have a breakout year. Um, there's a guy that I'm not super familiar with that was a transfer, um, and he was at Utah, I believe. His name's Armin Shine, and I think that he'll get some good touches along with uh, Sir Roderick Thompson uh, from the running back position. Uh, moving right along to receivers, you know, we got TJ Vasher coming back. I think that he is going to be. Um, unreal again. I think he can be a difference maker. He's got to have a little stickier fingers. He had some problems dropping balls in big moments last year. Um, gotta stay oh, healthy. Gotta, gotta stay. Healthy. Gotta stay healthy. Healthy. Hopefully, he could have worked some of that out in the off season. Um, got some some others coming uh, that I think are going to be big. We got that transfer McLean Mannix, um, who's going to be awesome. Um, you know, we got. Um, we got a pretty good receiving core, all in all. And then our offensive line is, is strong, in, in my opinion. I think that we're going to be just fine there. Um, and then before we talk defense, you boys jump in. Sorry, I kind of hogged the mic there. No, all good. I'll say one player that I'm really interesting, interested to see is that uh, graduate transfer tight end, the kid from Juco, Travis Coons. Coons. Coons yeah, yeah, I mean, 6'5", tight end, big guy and ranked one of the second-best Juco tight end last year. Uh, I mean, supposedly, Yost's offense has a lot of uh, a big role for tight ends, so I'm really interested to see how he can come out on the offense, see if we can get a tight end involved, Um, you know, kind of just give it a different look. Yeah. Uh, Other people on offense, though, I mean, I think you're right where it comes back to, you know, the stars. You got Bowman, Basher, Tashawn Henry. Um, Offensive line, like you said, very good. Got Jack Anderson coming back. Guy's a beast. I mean, all Big 12 player that we have on the offensive line. So him anchoring us down there could see uh, good protection this year. Absolutely. And back to that tight end, he reminds me of Jason Morrow a lot, man. We've seen we've seen what a big tight end can do for the Texas Tech offense, the air raid offense. So I'm hoping he develops into one of those type players. Chris, anyone to add? Uh, Kashawn Carter. I mean, we saw a little glimpses that we can do on the outside. Interested to see him. And if Seth Collins can get healthy, I know that he had an issue with his collarbone. Uh, prayers to him. Hopefully he's doing all right. See if he can come back, you know, and bring that fire that he did last year. So he's an explosive player as well. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, just our O-line in general, I would love to see, the, you know, Jack Anderson do what he does and Travis Bruffy uh, stay healthy, push those guys around. So. Yeah, I and my all... and my man, the seven foot tall guy, seven <laughs> foot tall guy. What's his? Oh, Trevor Robertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the the freshman. I'm just excited to see him. I mean, <laughs> just getting ready to me go. too, man. The oh. Frankenstein out on that football field. <laughs> 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 have him lead the team onto the field. Every team will be shaking in their boots. 
<laughs> I would love it. He needs to do like we need to do one of those hakas, you know, like all black does for New Zealand rugby. Yeah, yeah. Have that guy out there leading hockey, and I think the other team might head to the locker room. <laughs> uh, and like uh, you were saying, Chris, Seth Collins. Mm-hmm. You know what I'd love to see? A trick player, too. A nice reverse. Let Seth Collins air the ball out. He used to be a quarterback. Yeah. I want to see trick plays. I love that shit. I would like to see a successful trick play instead of when they were playing. Who were they playing? They were playing Iowa State Was that or Oklahoma when they did a trick play with him on a two-point conversion. They ran that shit back all the way down. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was tough. That didn't turn out so good. Uh, but moving on to defense, uh, Evan, who do you want to see show up this year on defense? Yeah, I'm going to give a, a – you know, I was talking to my brother-in-law. Uh, his name's August the other day. And he listens to the podcast, and he said – Shout out August. August. Shout out to August, yeah. he. Uh, funny enough, he's up in Alaska right now. I hope he's catching a lot of big fish. So make sure you listen to this August when you get back. Um, but August, you know, he, he mentioned to me – uh, Jordan Brooks and how important he was and how underrated he was. And I couldn't agree with August Moore. I think Jordan Brooks is going to be pivotal on our defense. I think he's going to be the the Dakota Allen of this team. Um, I think that Jordan's really, really got to step up in a leadership role, not only in the linebacker position, but for the team in general. Um, I think that, that he's poised to have a, an incredible year. Going along with that, Rico Jeffers, we're seeing him coming back. Uh, he made some big plays last year. Um, you know, hopefully that we can get that going. Everyone knows Eli Howard. Yep. Um, hopefully Eli is going to be our boy again this year, along with Broderick Washington. You know, we can't cover every single player, but those are some of the guys. That, captain of the defense, Broderick Washington. Yep, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those are some of the guys uh, that jump out to me. And then we we saw some brilliance of Adrian Fry last year. Yep. That's what I was waiting for um, right there. You know, he. I hope. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm praying that it wasn't a kind of a freshman year high. I really do think that he has the athleticism and talent to keep it going. You know, time will tell, but Adrian Fry was big on defense last year, um, and I think that that he could really, really lead this team again. But those are kind of the main ones that jump out to me. Yeah, I mean, from the defensive backs, uh, I agree with, you know, the front seven, obviously very important. But defensive backs are what's really curious to me. And Adrian Fry, top of that list, I mean – he was incredible last year as a freshman. Uh, I mean, I think he was all all team Big 12, first team Big 12, uh, or second, one of the two. But he he started off the season great and kind of kept going. I hope he can do that again. Uh, Fields, another D-back, yeah. uh, started most games last year as a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, having him come out and continue to progress and be a real cornerstone to the secondary be huge. And I'm really curious about this, tech, this uh, Jamarcus Ingram, the Utah State transfer. Absolutely. They said has superstar potential and he's allowed to play first game. So, I mean, obviously he's joining the team late, but if he's as good as they say, having him in the secondary would be huge because we need the depth. Absolutely. Chris, who you got? I think you guys really named all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, maybe Quincy Addison uh, and give a shout out to uh, Patrick Curley. But uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I would like to see. I think you guys kind of just went down the list here. So I'll, I'll tell you one thing, boys. Just to hit on, I'm a little nervous on special teams. You know, we lost pretty much everybody. Uh, kicker. Yeah, on on special teams. So we got we got a lot of young blood coming into that in, in high tense, stressful situations. But man, I think that Wells can get just about anybody ready. So I'm not 
super, super concerned, but it'll be something to watch. Do we know uh, our kicker this year? Our kicker's name is Jonathan Garibay, I believe. Mm. Um, Kid from California? I don't know where he's from, Chris, to be honest with you. But um, And then we got a freshman uh, punter, Austin McNamara. So, you know, when, when you throw a punter in uh, with, with no – yeah, yeah. Shout out listen. Dom. I know you listen. <laughs> the Australian badass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope he was Australian. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's, that's, right. that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch on special teams. But that's, all right, uh, boys. I think that covers the team. You know, key players, key games, everything like that for the season. Why well, you say we had the pod with one of the the favorite segments from last year? Raiders in the NFL. Absolutely. And let's talk about that goddamn Dakota Allen hit in the preseason game. Woo! He hit Smoked him in the mouth. Him. Smoked him. And I loved Absolutely it. I loved murdered I, the guy. I love that it was live as well. And uh, the commentary with uh, the coach was live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, uh, McVay on the mic. And he's like, oh, gotta love that. Texas Tech. Good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. How about our boy Jakeem? The dream, Grant, getting a four-year extension with the Dolphins worth up to, I believe, $24 million. It's good to see a guy like him succeeding at the next level. Yeah, that was, that's awesome. I mean, Raiders have, I think, the most receivers in the NFL last year, so getting extensions like that will keep them on the field. Absolutely. Uh, I want to see Kiki QT. Let's see. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy this year. He's pretty high up on the depth chart down there in Houston. Would love to see him out on the field. Absolutely. You hate to see him get injured in a preseason game. Hopefully he bounces back um, and, and can stay healthy this year. And uh, the number one Raider we should talk about in the NFL, I mean, Mahomes, we all know, going to have another unreal year. But Cliff Kingsbury, how do we think this Arizona Cardinal team is going to shake out in the, in the big leagues? I would love for them to succeed. They're not, you know? they're not good, Evan. <laughs> I, I, I know. It, it, <laughs> they're they're garbage. I have so many of my friends and family saying that I hate on Cliff, and, and that's not true. I want him to succeed, and I think he could at the next level. Um, when he when he has experts around him that can fill in the gaps that he lacked as a college coach, I think that he could he he could do well. What do you think yeah. about him giving his players cell phone breaks in the middle of practice to check their yeah. social media? What's your what's your thought on that? Yeah, I heard about that. I, that is just absolutely bizarre to me. <laughs> to me, that that's taking being a player's coach a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah. He's doing bit. what he did at Tech. He's trying to be their buddy and not their coach. But at the same time, they are grown men, so maybe they can handle it. <laughs> that's true. That's he true. But he didn't even say, like, on, on air when they asked him about it, he said, yeah, it's cell phone breaks for them to check their social media instead of, hey, they're, you know, take a bathroom break, catch some water. He just said, hey, it's it's cell phone breaks. And yeah. he got hated on for that. I don't, I which, don't know. Which, rightfully so, honestly. I mean, professional Pretty athletes needing to check their social media during practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not, sure Larry Fitzgerald was uh, a little confused at that move. Yep. So was I Stephen mean, A. Smith because he, <laughs> he went off on him. But like you said, I would love to see him succeed. I just don't know if this team is ready to do it yet. I just want to see flashes of brilliance from his offense, see Kyler Murray put up some numbers, and that way, you know, like, like you said, he might have a chance to succeed at the next level. For sure. 
What do you think our chances are, boys, of our boy going back-to-back NFL MVP this year? I mean, the chances aren't small, tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. He he doesn't look like he missed a beat from just watching him, you know, play a couple snaps in preseason. He's throwing the ball excellent. His movement is unreal. Uh, I think he's, you know, gained more chemistry with Travis Kelsey than, you know, humanly possible. They're like best friends. So he's he's just going to – if anything under a spectacular season is going to be, you know uh, – I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, my expectations expectations are ex- way too high. I mean, but he's yeah. going to live up to it. So I'll tell you when he career, made that it's dive, not ex- exceptional. I, it's, it's not okay. Did your yeah, stomach drop a little bit when he ran on that one? When he made that dive to try to get that first down, I yeah. about went into cardiac arrest. Yeah. I I was <laughs> freaking out. I can't believe. And then you know, Reed pulled him like we're, we're done with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. a couple of other notables, you know, we got Kerry Hyder Jr. for the Cowboys. Um, hopefully he's going to have a big season. Um, I'm really hoping that Antoine Wesley can yeah. find his way to the rotation for the Ravens. I think that he, uh, you know, I, I saw a bunch of highlight videos from him in training camp with the Ravens, and that dude is just, you know, he's he was making plays just like he did at Tag, you know. He might seem like he moves so slow, but those hands are oh, blue. Telling you, I'm telling you. Um, One other Big Twelve guy in the in the league, you know, rookie Hakeem Butler this year. Kind of hate to see it. Put on the injured reserve list for the season. He's done already. Yeah. Uh, would have liked to seen you know him get some playing action. Exciting player to see. But uh, and Cliff probably was looking forward to having him as a target instead of a you know opposition. But gonna have to wait another year for that. And I I hate even speaking this name, but he was at one point a Red Raider. But Baker Mayfield looks like he could have a good year this year. Um, you know I'm sure he's a good guy. I I, I wish the best for him, but. Still, still have a little bitter taste in my mouth. Are you mouth. sure he's a good guy? I'm not sure if he's a good guy. You know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, Chris, but uh, no, no, he seems like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I like Baker. He's, I mean, he just, he's definitely cocky as shit, but like, he does seem like a guy that would probably be pretty fun to hang out with. Oh, I, I totally agree, but I just don't know. <laughs> like, a good guy, I don't think a good guy was probably the word to describe. Yeah, him. you're no, fun, you're right. Fun guy, definitely fun. But good. That's true. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, and what do you guys well, what do you guys think about uh Andrew Luck retiring? Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I understand it. I, I hold nothing against him. If you're a Colts fan, obviously it sucks. But like the guys had terrible injury problems. Like things that are supposed to last one month have lasted a year for him before. He's breaking down. He had a good career. I mean, granted he was in his prime, could have done unbelievable. But uh I don't hold it against him. That's probably a smart move. You know, I haven't had my fantasy draft yet, so I don't really care. Yeah, neither do I. Didn't take him. <laughs> but I, I do find it just disgusting that the fans were booing him as he was walking off the field after that. Absolutely, absolutely. Just yeah, like gross. This guy is your franchise quarterback for over half a decade, and that's how you treat him on his way out. Anyway, talk like that's a, bullshit. And if you want to say good guy, that is that is the definition of a good guy. I was watching some clips earlier. Of him getting smoked and uh, and <laughs> sacked, and he was like, "Hey, good tackle, man. Good, good tackle." <laughs> yeah, this guy. He's gives like him two- a, He gives him a really dirty hit, and it, it was, and he just stands up and goes, "Oh, oh, yeah, man. That's football. No worries." <laughs> yeah, you got me good there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he might be too good of a guy. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a. He, that is true. That he does. I don't know. He he was like, but it, 
It also seems so genuine. Absolutely. No, yeah. He was just saying, he was literally complimenting, like, his football move. He was like, that was really good. Like, he's just an <laughs> absolute football nerd. Um, he had an incredible, you know, career, really. He, was, he had a winning career. There really wasn't a, any kind of, like, standout moment uh, from him. But, you know, he was he was a great player. I Except wish him that, the best. Uh, that one playoff game, down 38-10 to 10 in the third quarter. Brings his team back to win forty-five to forty-four in the playoffs in his like second year in the NFL. That's that was fucking nuts. Yeah, absolutely, gentlemen. Can I get permission to derail us real quick? Let's derail. Before we end, I want to get a quick conversation on our Tech basketball team on their trip to the Bahamas. Um, we every four years, the, a collegiate team has the ability to go overseas and play in. I don't know if you want to call it a tournament or a few exhibition games or, or what have you in the off season. And, and we we drew that straw this year. So we, we headed off to the Bahamas. I don't know if all the listeners are aware. Um, we played the Bohemian National team once. And then twice we played a team named Bevmax, who is a Serbian professional team, a uh, team that Nokolai Jokic, um, NBA all-star for center for the Denver Nuggets, used to play for. Um, so these were really good teams, and and I uh, I personally watched all the games. I, I made sure that I got the subscriptions. Um, we didn't win them all; we won some. But but man, we showed flashes of brilliance. And my most excited thing was our boy Ramsey going off for forty four points against the Serbian professional team. I mean, that dude was unconscious. I mean, yeah, crazy game, winning by two points in the last game of the stint down there. And a true freshman goes for forty-four and twelve against a pro team. That's outrageous. Is he is he better? And I haven't seen him play yet. I, I missed those games. I did not get the subscription, Evan. <laughs> but but, but uh, I know you have a lot of more subscriptions than I to, to other sites. Um, but uh, I'm curious. Do you think he's better than advertised? Uh, man, that's tough. I. I want to say yes because th- I mean this dude, he would have been a much higher recruit from high school had he not jumped around a bunch of different high schools. I mean I think he played at like three or four different high schools in his stint between freshman and senior year, and that can hurt your recruiting. But to still come out as a five star prospect, you know, top thirty player in the nation um, with doing that. I mean, he is the real deal, Chris. I mean, and, and Chris Beard, you could tell like in, in situations, he said, give Jemias the ball, let him do his thing. And he's just going to get better with his ability and his decision-making quality. Uh, and this was so, so valuable for our team to get some really tough experience before heading in to the season. Yeah. You know, every, every commentator agreed, like the Bohemian national team, uh, and the Serbian team would both be top 25 college teams, no question. Um, and we we played so, so well. Mind you, uh, for both, at least two games and part of the third game without Moretti, Chris Clark, um, and Kevin McCuller. I mean, we, we played without some real talent and still put up the numbers that we did and got a win down there. How did Dan yeah. Shannon look? Terrence Shannon looked awesome. You know, the first game, you could tell there were some jitters. Uh, games two and three, you know, number one started to ball out and, and show why he was a four-star coming out of out of high school. I was really impressed with Terrence Shannon. I loved Chris Clark. I'm so pumped to watch him play this year. 
Um, I'm really excited about Russell Teshua. I think that he has a lot uh, to develop. You know, he's kind of a goofy, tall, lanky guy that will we'll kind of fill in as time goes. But um, I'm ready to watch Moretti lead the team too, fellas. I mean, I think that he – I mean, I, we know that he's been in the biggest stage and he's ready to lead this team hopefully back to the biggest stage this year. Yeah, and I'm ready to see what Kyler Edwards can do, you know, going into his sophomore season. He looks like Definitely. Someone, he looks like he's going to he's ready for a, you know, a breakout year. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, thank you put it well. I'm real excited to see this team get back at it. Moretti, I think he's a born leader. He's clutch. Can't wait to see him, you know, being the the veteran leader to this young team. And uh but other than that, football, basketball, Texas Tech nothing better absolutely sorry i didn't mean to derail us too much but i'd be remiss if i didn't speak about it since it happened between the last time so back to football let's go get a win this weekend fellas yeah let's do it all and, right I and evan, evan will have up. evan will have control of the uh, instagram uh this weekend for the game so he'll be trying to get some on uh premise interviews with people Oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. I'm probably just going to be interviewing myself. <laughs> hey, that works for us. And that's what the people want. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. I'm Evan. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up. Guns up, baby.